This is the one with far too many people in shorts. Probably the most freeze-framed moment in classic Who. And a dick in a box. It's called Planet of Fire. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> We're embarking on a voyage all through time and all through space. Counting Daleks, Dalent Boot, and the Cybertronic race. Tontorans look like taters, and Silurians all have wonky scales. And the Doctor has a TARDIS. We're reviewing all his tales. Who back when? Reviewing all of who there is. Who back when? Subscribe and read on iTunes, please. Episode by episode, we're trudging down this temporal road. Come join us on this odyssey. What other choice could there be than who back when? Who back when? What up? Podcast land, and welcome to yet another absolutely fantabulous episode of, yep, you guessed it, Who Back When, a Doctor Who podcast. Or a doc past. Absolutely. <laughs> That's right. Who is that whose absolutely wonderific voice I have just heard echo across the ether in my general direction? Why? It is Jim Cakes. Hello, Jim Cakes. It is I, Jim <laughs> of Cakes. <laughs> and, and who addresses me, kind sir? <laughs> it is I, Leon, Lord of Hello. Nothing. <laughs> Lord of Nothing. <laughs> it is a grand nothing that you do lord over. <laughs> That's right. And holy moly, podcast land, we are delighted to be talking straight into your earbuds this evening because tonight we are discussing C135, Planet of Fire. Penultimate serial oh, yeah. with, uh, what's his face in the lead? What's his face? Peter Davison. Davison. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> wow, it's going really well. <laughs> this is Negroni. I've barely had I've a not seat. even said, said hello to Podcastland. Hello, Podcastland. He says hello, waving Podcastland. because you can see I'm me so waving. Sorry. <laughs> I've done a terrible job of entering this episode, but don't you worry, Podcastland, we are going to recover because the cereal is bananas. High level, yeah. Jim. You knew I was going to ask you. High level. Yay or nay? I think it's a fairly comfortable yay from me, actually. I am intrigued to hear you say that, because okay. usually you're in the nay camp and I'm like, dude, I freaking love this cereal. <laughs> I thought I you might. I have a feeling that this is utter pants. <laughs> <laughs> Planet of Fire. I don't. I, I don't get it. But I'm hoping that you'll be able to explain it to me. Oh, I don't think I will be able to. Like, I. I feel like there is definitely some shit to rip apart in this but overall i think i kind of liked it enjoyed it good yeah excellent i'm very glad to hear it well podcast land may not know exactly what this serial is about so why don't we read a b scow for them after which they also will not know what the serial is about <laughs> damn straight they won't <laughs> Time for us to synopsize, lobify and summarize. So take a view and grab a brew and listen to this overview. This free for all we like to call a bite-sized chunk of who. The cast of Monty Python's Life of Brian seemed to be shacked up with Lawrence of Arabia on a desert planet called Sarn. Being the backwater world that Classic Who likes to frequent, Sarn, of course, has an elder slash soothsayer, a chosen one sporting a fancy 3D tattoo, and some heretics who refuse to worship the fire god Logar. At the not same time and not same place, an artifact with a symbol matching the chosen one's tattoo is discovered by Indiana Jones wannabes in modern-day Lanzarote. And 
and look who's tagging along to their archaeological expedition. Why, it's none other than future companion Perry, who's a bit bored of it all and longing to travel somewhere else. Oh, what's that you say? The TARDIS is about to appear and whisk her on an adventure? Why, spiffing. Peace yeah. over. <laughs> <laughs> you are welcome. Me almost surprised uh, it was over then. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that that does sound like a, a decent intro to a serial, right? It's like, oh, wow, I need adventure. Yeah. Oh, here's a spaceman. He's going to uh, provide it. Have you ever seen Perry before? Is this your first encounter with Perry? I mean, I've never watched an episode that she's in. I am aware of her as a character and an actress. Like, I knew she was coming up as a future companion. Yeah. And she's associated with the sixth Doctor. That's right, yeah. Um, I think I did know that she overlapped slightly, but I, I didn't actually expect her in this serial, though. Yeah, no, right, to be honest. We encountered Perry in the latest audiobook that we reviewed. Ah, okay. uh, and that was my first encounter with her, opposite the sixth Doctor. And that was The Reaping. So yeah, check that out, A031, if you want to listen to the review. I've got a question for you based on that audiobook and this serial. Where is Perry from? I don't know about the audiobook because I must admit I haven't listened to your review. <laughs> That's, fine. That's fine. That's <laughs> fine. <laughs> no, but I pegged, pegged her from America. Oh, you did? Okay, well, I mean, that was going to be one of my points. Uh, to me, she doesn't sound super American in this, whereas in the audiobook, yikes caramba, does she sound American? Well, like, okay. super duper fake American. <laughs> I kind of felt like it was mentioned, but maybe it wasn't, actually. Oh, was it? Oh, maybe it was. I'm so sorry. No, maybe I just assumed. I yeah. think your ears have a better palate than mine. <laughs> <laughs> did you like Perry? Good stuff? I definitely ended up in the, I do like Perry camp, I think. I was not that enamored with her at the start. She was a little bit annoying in her introduction in Lanzarote. But yeah. they they did a lot with her character to to make her really come across as useful, resourceful, um, up for adventure, all this kind of stuff that you want in a companion. And she, she had yeah, all that certainly. in this first serial, which was great. It's really quite brave. I mean, this is a person who's never been off planet and she's defying aliens. She's trudging across alien volcanoes. Yeah, like quite badass. Yeah. She hits a robot over the head. Did she hit Camille over the head? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, well, she hits. <laughs> I mean, she does. Does she not hit the master over the head? And it's when the master is. Well, it's not the master master, it's the chameleon master. Oh, the, the master chameleon. That's right, yeah. Okay. I suspect that she is going to change quite a lot as companions go. She is going to be trudging across volcanoes more so than being a damsel in distress. In fact, she wasn't really a damsel in distress at all in this serial. There was the one moment this. where she literally got saved from drowning um, and carried. There is that, yeah. Like, can you explain that to me, please? Why did she nearly drown? No, I can't. <laughs> Does it have I anything mean, to do with that weird space dildo? If it did, I didn't see any connection. As far as I saw, like she had decided to swim ashore and then yeah. couldn't. How do you feel about uh, that entire introductory section? She's there with Captain What's-His-Face, Mr. Muscle. The guy who doesn't believe in shirts the way that no one on Planet Sun believes in long trousers. <laughs> yeah, it was weird, I'll, I'll grant you. Like, it basically... I was struggling to not imagine that someone just fancied a holiday to Lanzarote. And it was like, oh, by the by, let's film something while we're there. <laughs> so like, yeah, clearly. Why is it Lanzarote of all the places? That's not the go-to location for, oh, we, we, we're going to go on an archaeological dive. <laughs> 
normally it's somewhere very different. <laughs> it's not like, you know, off the coast of Gran Canaria. <laughs> the deepest, can, darkest can you actually uh, depths of... Sorry? Can you actually answer a, a question, the query that I have? Is there Maybe. like a connection between San and Earth? Or is it purely somehow this random bit of Trion trion tech ends up in Lanzarote and then somehow it's sending a signal that means Vitalis goes to San. Like, how did that all get connected? I really didn't understand. (laughs) Yeah, it's weird. I don't know how that weird space dildo showed up in Lanzarote, but my understanding is that Earth and San, they're both considered kind of crap planets by the Trions, and they exile their criminals to crap planets, which is why... I mean, like, yeah, I mean, they go, well, (laughs) we sentence you to life in exile at a public school school. in England. (laughs) (laughs) I actually kind of really like that we've gone full circle with this, and it was a punishment that he was in that frigging boarding school. (laughs) (laughs) It's so weird. They, like, they twilight him. They're like, you are way cleverer than anyone else in the school, but there you go. That's your fate now. The solicitor in Chancery Lane is a Trion agent, and he has to report to him, and so on and so forth. I remember the first time that we had Turlo on board, like his first episode, there was a mention of, he doesn't have parents, but he there's this solicitor who's somehow in connection yeah, with him. Yeah. That's the dude. I totally didn't pick up on that. You're, you're 100% right, yeah. <laughs> I love that. They've really gone all out <laughs> like See, this is, from the get-go. Yeah, this is mostly, I think, why I enjoyed this. Because Ooh. it's been way too long. You know, we've been wanting this, waiting for this, something to do with Turlo's backstory for it to come back. Yeah. But they actually did deliver. Like, it, it should have happened a lot sooner. Like, it's Ages really ago. annoying that this is... Literally, his farewell is finally learning something. But at least, you yeah. know, there were a lot of callbacks and it, like it was name. a nice send-off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's <laughs> the second time we've had, had Vizlor Turlo said or something. I don't know. <laughs> well, does it live up to all of your expectations? Do you feel that Turlo, as a character in development, is vindicated by the serial? No. <laughs> so what, would you, what, what did you not like and what would you have liked to have seen? To be, to be fair, I think Turlo as a character, maybe it worked okay. Like he has been intentionally not like been open about his background, the, the fact that he's in exile and all this kind of stuff, blah, 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 blah whatever. The thing that just doesn't yeah. sit well with me is that Doc never cared or never tried to find it out or anything like that. Yes. It's just, yeah, that just doesn't exactly yeah. true. Especially I'm with the whole look up. Turlo was trying to kill the Doc at the start. Story. Yes. Oh my, my goodness. Yes, of course. Does the reason why he didn't tell Doc justify not telling Doc? I mean, no. Like, what (laughs) what would actually have happened? He tells Doc... Nothing! I was exiled during a civil war. Like, the the amount of information we get is not clear whether there was really a bad guy in this civil war. Like, he said his family was on the wrong side, which basically just means the losing side. Like, he doesn't mention any crimes committed. You know, they're not murderous bastards, as as far as we know. Literally, he got exiled. 
from his home planet. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's the backstory we get probably for hundreds of characters in Doctor Who. <laughs> he could have just said yeah. it in one line and Doctor would be like, no oh, No one would have judged. Let's move on. <laughs> in fact, yes, I, I completely agree. And also, like, wouldn't Doc just by default assume that this is the case? Wouldn't he just go, you are alien? Hang on, can, can I just ask? Uh, did you step through a portal or were you exiled for political reasons? Oh, B? Yeah. Is it option B? Okay, gotcha. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now I know where we, where we stand. <laughs> It really screams that this wasn't the plan sort of thing. Like when Turlo was first introduced, they didn't know yeah. what his backstory was. And only exactly, at the end, yeah. they decided to give him one. Like it doesn't feel exactly. like a well thought out thing that you're getting a nice resolution. Like there's been little things teased here and there that you could have picked up on or anything like that. It just feels like, <laughs> nope, bam. Yeah. By the way, Turlo came from Tryon. Uh, yeah, he was he was emperor for a while and then had six wives. And oh, I don't know, just like bollocks just Uh, he has a dad who probably died in the crash are we gonna find out anything about him no okay fine (laughs) oh he has a brother great have they ever met no but they know their brothers yes are they gonna have some sort of relationship nope not on screen anyway (laughs) (laughs) maybe after he's left What is the explanation for why the brother doesn't know what the fuck's going on? I don't, dude, I don't know. Was the brother a baby when he arrived on this planet? I mean, maybe? Like, he, Turlo <laughs> definitely says he's the younger brother. He's the younger brother, but also there's that scene with, uh, what's his face? Lawrence of Arabia. Yeah, mustache. When Mustache goes, I found you here. Like, straight up assumed that this was going to be a Space Moses story, by the way. It was like, oh, you arrived on our shores and, and we raised you as one of our own. So I kind of assumed mm. that he was a child at the very least. Yeah. Maybe he has no I recollection of him. I guess if you're young enough, maybe you don't have any, any knowledge, but... I don't know. If it seemed like a weird stretch that Turlo's brother has crashed with Turlo's father. Yeah, no one he has no recollection of his, that. Yeah, doesn't remember his father. Yeah, you're right. The father's body isn't around. Nope. No mention of that. Just Correct. like it's my father's ship. <laughs> yeah. Wait. Hang on. No one goes search for my dad. Like he might be alive somewhere for all we know. <laughs> you know. Just like oh, it's yes, my father's exactly. ship. He's crashed. Oh, he must have just you know disappeared. He does that. You know, crashes and then just dis- disappears. Probably dead. I mean, who knows? out of all every ten people who crash into a volcano on some alien planets, probably nine point something don't make it out. You know, <laughs> so maybe that's how he reasons. But it seems so weird. Turlo and his brother would they never have a reaction of like they never embrace, for example. They never go, "Oh my goodness, I have family." You know, there's never that click, that moment of recognition yeah. or appreciation between them. It falls short. Like I do, I super love what they did in this serial i think it yeah. made me care about turlo which was incredible right it took a took a while in this serial because he was still a bit of a bastard to start with where he's like hiding the signal and it looked like he shocked chameleon at one point because chameleon was getting Wait, drawn when? to the signal and stuff like when chameleon is the yes, robot right. in the tardis and the signal's coming through and i don't know i forget exactly but it really looked like Turlo just like pushed a switch and then Chameleon screams. It's like, yeah, he didn't want to be contacted by Tryon because he felt like he was going to get arrested effectively. So wait, 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 wait. Does he? Oh, I think I must have misunderstood something here. Was Tryon contacting? Wait, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, I, 
this was there a Trion the transmission whole... going into Chameleon? Because I did not realize that. There was, there I was thought it was signal... just the Master. I, this is part of the whole Lanzarote connection, which I don't understand. But there was Ooh. a signal going into the TARDIS, which Turlo definitely recognized and said, oh my god, a signal from a Trion ship. Yeah, that's the Presumably space dildo, his father's. Yeah. So they the TARDIS locks onto the dildo in the sea, or the that's archaeological right. dig site, wherever it was. Um, yeah. That's why they go Lan- to uh, Lanzarote. And then somehow that has a connecting signal to San. I don't know. I th- Okay, oh, d- I, I mean, but, but, I could lie and say, you know what, I'm going to have to rewatch this serial to find out, because I'm not going to, but <laughs> not for a while anyway. But am I, am I right in assuming that when, like, the signal draws them to Lanzarote, they get out, uh, Doc goes wandering, yada, 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 buys a drink. He saves Perry, sorry, Turlo saves Perry, finds the dildo, opens it, and inside the dildo is a little chip. And that chip just contains coordinates, maybe? Where it's like a tracking thing or something that points at Son, and they have to manually travel to Son. I don't think that it's like pulling them there. I might be mistaken. I feel like there was, there was a bit of one point, if I, maybe a couple of times, the TARDIS kind of travelled without them really wanting it to. Oh, maybe. Okay. I don't know. That's fine. So they go there, yada yada yada, they hang out for a little bit. Why does... <sighs> Dagnabbit, why does Turlo not say, at the very least, hey doc, I recognize this symbol? Oh, I feel why like, does he like, hide right, the dildo? Yeah, like right from the start. Why doesn't he say like if, if he's worried about the Trion ship, this is this is what bothers me, is that throughout okay. this entire journey of Turlo and being in the TARDIS and like he leaves saying, I would I would actually like to carry on traveling. I've learned so much from you, Doc. You know, that's kind of what we've been feeling. Like he has been growing yeah. and stuff. But even now, he gets a signal from the planet he thinks is maybe gonna like arrest him and pull him back. He doesn't go to the doc, please don't answer it. He doesn't like give Doc the information to help him. Exactly. Exactly. That's that's yes, still that's this, what he like, should have done. Scheming manipulative bastard that tries to block the signal, hurts chameleon, and rips stuff out of the TARDIS. I mean it's just yeah, like what the, the shit fuck is up Turner? with that man? <laughs> yes, exactly. That's not cool. That is not on Vizlor Turlo. Uh, yeah. oh, would you agree that he has un- he underwent a metamorphosis as a companion, let's say, two serials ago or something? I mean, I'm just pulling a number out of the ether. I couldn't really tell you exactly which serial it was. But he's a positive character with something to hide rather than a negative character trying to hide how negative he is. Like, when he started, he's yeah. ready to bash the Doc over the head with a rock. Uh, when Doc fell into the nuclear water reactor, whatever. Do you remember? I can't remember which episode this was but he, yeah, he yeah. falls into a reactor and turlo's automatic reaction is just like fuck him he's probably dead <laughs> let's bolt <laughs> like, no that's, little that's a negative character water. he's gone he's drowned <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's he's like, <laughs> better just leave him <laughs> he's gonna be manky <laughs> but now he is like he's a sympathetic character he starts with I don't want to say it's one of those save the cat moments, but like, I mean, he saves Perry. He, his introduction here might include him being devious or like hiding part of his, his self, but it also includes him without needing to, just choosing to run out and save a human life. Yeah, no, I, I would totally agree that we've, we've seen a, a kind of a more compassionate side or, or I don't know, a more outward looking side of him develop. So I think you're right. It's only maybe 
last handful of cereals, if that, like three, four. Yeah. And it's still this kind of self-preservation core that comes out from time to time where he, he turns into the scumbag that he actually is, really. <laughs> but <laughs> I love that. Scumbag is not a word that is used often enough, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, obviously, Life of Brian is in my head because I, I was totally getting Life of Brian vibes from the cast in oh, this. Really? And there was even even the, the brother character, um, not yeah. like not specifics apart from the brother character when he was he was addressing all because he's like the chosen one and he was addressing everyone That's at true, one yeah. point. And I feel a bit bad because he had obviously an ever so slight lisp or something, but it was just with everyone dressed as they were, it would just seem like a, in a kind of Willie Swadwick type <laughs> type scene. And it was just, I almost feel like someone was doing it intentionally. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, Monty Python is on my head. So I'm kind of thinking there's a um, uh, Holy Grail moment where I forget which, which night John Cleese is, but he just kind of like his instinct is just to fight all the time and he just keeps killing all these wedding guests yeah it's Lancelot like, isn't it sorry sorry <laughs> yeah, it's, sorry, it feels like I, that's I didn't Turlo. need to murder everyone yeah. at the wedding <laughs> sorry. yeah exactly <laughs> this is Turlo it's like oh sorry sorry yeah scheming bastard again oh I'm totally sorry yeah I know I, know I just rescued someone but you know then, then it looked like someone was going to arrest me so yeah sorry it can't help it natural instinct <laughs> yeah <laughs> There is a third companion here. We've mentioned uh, him, it, by name, Chameleon. Yeah. He's Finally back. Finally It's back. It again. Yeah. Uh, how do you feel about that? How do you feel about Chameleon? Well, when we were preparing, as I, as I said offline, I was jotting down some notes for possibly my review later, and I might spoil them by talking about them oh, here. Oh, okay. Oh, I, you, and don't no, feel no, no, that you I, we, we should discuss it. Because what I mostly feel about this is if they can do what they did in this serial, they're happy to have a chap painted in silver to convey <laughs> most of the part of Chame- Chameleon. Why couldn't God, we have yeah. that in the past? Like, why ah. have we had a massive gap? Wait, wait, is that what you wanted in the past, though? Did you want to have someone who's just painted silver and has no lines whatsoever in every serial? Not in necessarily everyone, but I like. Who is it in Deep Space Nine? Is he called Odo? The the shapeshifter. Yes, Odo. Yeah, 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 like I super loved Odo, mostly because of the shapeshifting animation. Like I was just a sucker for it. Like, when's he gonna do it? When's he gonna do it? And there'll be there'll be entire episodes <laughs> where he would never change, and I'd be so pissed off. Uh, but like, imagine that with Chameleon. Like Chameleon could be any That's character, and That's true. occasionally I mean, the first time that we would see Chameleon. The, yeah. Sorry, go for it. Sorry. I say yeah, but then maybe occasionally you see like a silver version, or you see the robot version. That's true. Yeah. No. I I think, I, I'm sorry, you're absolutely right. I didn't take into account that the first time that we met Chameleon, there was no silver person. He appeared as the lord or the king, I can't remember. Yeah. I actually can't remember yeah, exactly. much at all about that. <laughs> the king's demon, so probably the king. <laughs> For a character who has not been on screen, or even just referenced since he first appeared, pretty much... He undergoes a lot of character development in this serial. His body is kidnapped by the master. He is um, recast as Mr. Muscle painted silver and wearing a suit for no reason. (laughs) I guess because the master wears a suit. Yeah. And and 
then he ends up begging to be destroyed because oh he has lost yeah. his sense of self. It, it's possibly the most tragic companion exit we've had, and that's from a companion who's barely been a companion. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's just tragic full stop during yeah. this serial. Like, I, th- I feel like I referenced The Revenant only a couple of recordings ago, but <laughs> oh, yeah. it feels like that again. It feels like a character is purely here and to be tortured. Like, we're seeing just Chameleon being traumatized. Like, when, when Chameleon is the robot, probably 50% of his lines are screaming. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, that's not hyperbole. Uh, and then I'm assuming that they're writing him out, though. Like, as in, like, they're actively getting rid of the companion because they figured, wait, hang on, we can't make this work. I don't know why, because they could, but they, they haven't been able to make it work. And so they just write him out in, in a manner befitting a companion who's been around and actively been around for a long time. Yeah, I, it, just, it just feels like it was never developed to a point. And so we're just left with a tool. We're, we're seeing a, a, a t- yeah. an actual tool without really a personality and an occasional glimpse of what could have been, I think mostly with Perry, we get some soft moments where Chameleon's kind of like controlling their own kind of being again. And it's like... This is but what is this the first time the chameleon? Been. Yeah, I think you're right. That's 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 true. But is this the first time that 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 happens? Like, is this the first time the chameleon has a personality and feelings and uh, a sense of self? Possibly, I can't really remember what happens. We get, we have some brief scenes of Metalis, I think, as in the King's Demons one, but I, it's probably like yeah. really small at the end of the, the serial. So, how would you compare Chameleon to? I, I know this is probably a super unfair question, but how would you compare Chameleon to K9? Given that they are both robotic companions, you know, how what can they contribute? I mean, in terms of personality I, and interaction and so on. I struggle to make a comparison at all. I feel like we just never saw enough of Chameleon to understand what could have been utilized yeah, there from a plot from a character from a anything i don't know how do, how do you feel do you do you feel like there's any link or i think they probably theoretically could could provide the same amount of bants and social interaction uh, uh, moral support and so on mm. and i don't know if this is because of I, it might be that i'm just judging their appearance but k9 is so much more relatable than than what's his face i forgotten his name i genuinely just forgot his name chameleon <laughs> who so very clearly is just a mannequin and who if he were to be on like th- there's no charisma on screen with chameleon it might seem weird that i'm saying that but it, my, my point is basically whenever he's on screen i'm waiting for him to shapeshift into something else like there's no longevity yeah. in it it's a fine line between what we got and chameleon asking like please uh i don't want to i don't want to live like this and doc just going okay bye <laughs> just walking <laughs> off you know but yeah. i wouldn't have been surprised i've got a question about uh well related to chameleon for you okay one of my myriad introductory questions skipped entirely we're way past the introduction of this podcast uh does doc hypnotize chameleon into breaking the master's spell jim cakes go hypnotize i don't know like he talks about will i think like it, uh-huh but i mean i have no idea what is meant to be this connection that means you can tell chameleon to turn into something okay, I wouldn't why have can said perry convince chameleon to oh sorry what was that sorry yeah i wouldn't have said hypnotize that that implies something else to me that's like okay yeah like perry okay, i think fair. just yeah, kind of reasons right. with like it's this kind of like asking asking to look in, that 
understand you have to who you really that. are, chameleon. <laughs> when Perry said something like, uh, oh, no, don't worry about it. I know exactly how to fix this. I, I can talk him back to normality. My instant reaction was like, yeah, right. Like, how on earth are you going to do this, Perry? You didn't even know there was such a thing as robots a second ago. The master has when some wibbly that, thing that controls him. After, after, yeah, she says that after she's already done it one time. That's why she says it. That's true, but how does she do it? I don't <laughs> understand how that works. Well, I mean, it's a bit fluke at the start, I think. I forget the, the actual setup. Does she see Chameleon change and then just kind of like talks to him to say, oh, you're, you, you know, yeah, you're not so. who, you, yeah. who, you, who you're now pretending to be. Like, I don't know. I get serious kind mm. of, was it Lupin and, oh God, I've forgotten the Harry Potter people. Anyway, like, it's like, this is your heart, Remus. You know, this one, don't, don't turn into a werewolf. You know, it's that kind of. Oh, I see. Oh, nice. Gary thing. Oldman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I only read the first one. <laughs> Okay, yeah, I see that. It's a trope, obviously, and it's a bit weird to apply it to a robot, but there's there's always this kind of idea that, you know, if you just think and will it to be, you know, you can overcome something. That's true. But I guess that kind of presupposes that there is more to Chameleon than maybe reasonably there ought to be. I might be mistaken, but I think that hitherto we've not seen any evidence of Chameleon just being a person, as opposed to, I mean, you used the word tool before. Yeah, I, I, that's how I would kind of classify chameleon in a sense like that there doesn't seem to be much in the way of individuality there do you think that from perry's point of view because she's seen silver guy and silver guy looks like is it her stepdad i don't know mr muscle i i didn't get their relation to be honest to start with i thought they were an item and then it turned out oh, really? there was some some kind of more guardian daughter relationship and i was like oh okay misread that one <laughs> I don't think it's a relative because she doesn't use any kind of familial terms. She just calls him by his name. She's dependent on his financial contribution to let her, like to get a hotel for her or a plane ticket or whatever yeah. it is. Like he's he's in charge of her. I've actually just, I have scanned the notes. She says, stop playing the heavy stepfather, Howard. So I, I think uh, you're right. He is the stepdad. He's the stepdad, yeah. yeah. The, the conversation between those two, uh, that is the longest scene of anything ever (laughs) that is the worst bit of television i've ever seen in my life (laughs) i mean hated it most of the sound things at the start are worse i feel Oh, wait, no, my, you're so right. You're so my right. My very first note is, Roscoe can't make it. Roscoe can't act. <laughs> and I don't even know who Roscoe is. <laughs> I was just going to ask you. <laughs> now I don't have to. <laughs> I'm assuming it's mustache. It might be mustache. <laughs> no, it's it's one of the two heretics that go climb the, the volcano to go, oh, oh, look, there's nothing there. That's going to be the dude who later on comes back and looks at, uh, at mustache, presumably, and says like you're an idiot (laughs) or you're drunk or whatever it is he says yeah i think it's the guy that's with him is roscoe oh i I see he is short guy maybe he's malcon yeah the one with the really short shorts i think is roscoe oh i mean (laughs) i don't know who produced this episode (laughs) (laughs) or not produced but i don't know who ran the wardrobe for this particular cereal but they got a bulk discount on hot pants let me tell you (laughs) holy smokes Or possibly there was a note from, like, uh, the upper echelons of the BBC that just said, more leg. (laughs) More leg, please, yeah. There is actually some sort of trivia about it. I don't know how much of it relates to all of those costumes. 
But basically, oh, good. Go yeah, it, it depends if they filmed the deserty bits in Lanzarote as well, because apparently, yeah, it was hot in Lanzarote. And so everyone had to alter the costumes. So Makes Davison sense. isn't wearing his cricket outfit through most of it. He ends up doing uh, well, what's described on Wikipedia as a pair of trousers with question mark braces and a, be- yep. a beige floral waistcoat. <laughs> Nice and nice. Obviously, I, I, wait, wait, sorry, I say nice, but I sorry. hate that waistcoat. I'm sorry, I just cut you I off. Didn't... Sorry, I think the delay is back. No, no, it's fine. I I try to think if I really paid much attention. Uh, what do you hate about it so much? It's an old man waistcoat. It's not anywhere near as cool as anything else this doctor has worn to date. I know I, I'm using the word cool in a very questionable sense there. But in general, it seems like a very square waistcoat is what I'm trying to say. I think I've just found an image actually. And it, yeah, it's like a, it's a, it's a sweater vest thing, cardigan style with floral patterns. Yeah. And yeah, okay. Yeah, that was pretty bad. I think he doesn't wear it a lot actually, because I see other pictures. Of course not. Where he doesn't have it on. And that's what I was kind of rem- remembering through most of it. It's just, he's got the braces and you see those really clearly. He doesn't wear it a lot because that uh, that waistcoat or sweater vest it moonlights as every sofa at your grandparents ever. <laughs> like it is that's the worst piece of clothing I've ever seen. Do you know who has a fantastic outfit though? Bar the shorts. Turlo. Turlo looks am- I want that shirt. I desperately want that shirt. The the stripey affair with uh, yeah, was it half, with, half, halfway it, button. Exactly but like it, yeah exactly the halfway button thing is awesome. I think he's got a fantastic outfit and he really pulls it off. Like, it actually makes a huge difference to how I feel about Turlo as a character. When he wears the school uniform, all I can think is knobhead. When he <laughs> yes. wears this outfit, I'm like, dude, do you want to hang out? <laughs> 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 I mean, other things go through my mind when he's wearing the school outfit as well. As I mean, are you trying to attract, attract children? Like, are you being baked? Oh, what the hell's going on here? Yeah, there is that as well. <laughs> That's true. I hadn't thought about that. You're absolutely yeah. right. <laughs> it's just, it was weird. I don't understand why he wore that for so long. Like, uh, no. Yeah. No, I, I'm totally on board. It was much better seeing him in a different outfit. Much better. It was quite, quite cool. Uh, and you we do get see to see a lot way more, more of him. Of <laughs> Yes. <laughs> oh my god! If it weren't for the delay, we would have said that at the same time. <laughs> That's I mean, amazing. Yeah. Absolutely alert. <laughs> yes! Holy smokes! I mean, to be clear, he's already wearing shorts. He can clearly yes. swim in those shorts. There is a woman drowning in front of him. He's like, nope, not going to go into the sea wearing my shorts. <laughs> no. There was a second note from the BBC about the whatever the underside of the buttocks is. That's what I'm going to have to give, contractually obliged. I'm going to do that, and then we're going to rescue this woman. <laughs> Yeah. But I he mean, keeps his shirt on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is that about? <laughs> Speedos and a shirt. Yeah. Yeah, it's very confusing. Can I bring up one more thing in that intro sequence in um, Lanzarote that I mm-hmm. absolutely adored in this serial? The alien shit currency <laughs> that Doc uses to pay for a drink. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's excellent. I, I mean, it's such a weird kind of... I mean, this felt more kind of Tom Baker Doctor. Well, I mean, I had the kind of City of Death vibes where they're just like chilling in Paris. Ooh, nice. Yeah, yeah. Going to a cafe. But because Turlo goes, I forget exactly why, but back to the TARDIS to check a signal or something. And Doc needs to like stay where he is to check the signal, but then decides, well, I'm not just going to stay on the beach. I'm going to go down to his cafe. (laughs) 
Yeah. <laughs> We're here on a mission, but fuck it. <laughs> yeah. It's cappuccino o'clock, or uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe he's gone for a spritz or something. <laughs> the fact that he thinks that he is able to pay for it with some alien currency, or maybe he just doesn't know the difference between different planets' currencies, is wonderfully doctory. It's like, yeah. wait, wait, hang on, wait. Do you not pay for things with slugs on this planet? <laughs> like, why not? I love it. I do love it. It just it makes me wish there was more. Like, it's. I mean, that's such like that's like zero point zero five percent of this serial or something, you know. And yeah. we hardly get anything like that with Davison, and he's about to go. It's like we've. I feel like we've missed all of I this. Know. Kind oh, of know. side of the Doctor that's it's always kind of there. Do you think they've only just now figured out both Doc and Turlow? It kind of seems that way. I mean. It was literally, what was it, two, two ep- last episode, episode before that, where I said, like, you know, the reason I like this serial is because Davison's Doctor is good. And it's like, that felt exactly. like the first time I yes. could say that. And he's nearly gone. I know. We've got one more episode. Dag Nabbit. Do you have any starter questions that still are relevant, or have we tackled most stuff? I've got tons. <laughs> <laughs> oh, tons, okay. He says, uh, literally throwing his arms in the air with such excitement, <laughs> he might have just broken something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> okay, I'm going to jump almost straight to the end. We've had the master. We haven't even talked about the master. Oh my god, we need to talk about the master. But So we've had the master. The master's been tiny. Put a pin in that. The master's increased in size, standing inside the box that used to be his maybe miniature TARDIS console or spaceship or whatever that is, that little lab Mm -hmm. that he's in, and there's fire around him. I've got two questions about this scene. Okay. Question one, couldn't he just have stepped out of the box? Yeah, I mean, it kind of looked that way, yeah. I don't know, maybe there was some weird... (laughs) genie issue going on and he couldn't go out of his lamp <laughs> yeah yeah i mean that's that's the perfect way to describe it actually yes for anyone in podcast land who hasn't seen this hero that's what it looks like <laughs> um i didn't realize that was going to be such a quick answer you're absolutely right okay question number two doc is watching him and chooses to just walk away as the flames rise around him does this mean that doc knowingly or not knowingly Doc believes himself to be leaving and letting the master burn to death. I mean, A, I feel like I want to make an observation in a way how I remember interpreted this, which was even worse, because... I think Doc stood there and watched until he, the master, in theory, burned to oh. death and then left. Yikes. How do you, how do you feel about that? I, like, I only watched the last episode just before we started recording, so I didn't have yeah. a lot of time to kind of, like, process it. But I, I think because the next scene, Doc is just in shock. Like when when they're in the TARDIS, just him and Perry, I think. Um, yeah, I think it is. It did. It felt like you know that wasn't a ruthless act. It wasn't malicious necessarily. Even it it almost feels like Doc just got a bit paralyzed. But I don't. Oh yeah, I don't really so? know. I, I, I mean, I think I see what you're saying, but there are other occasions in Doctor Who. I'm, I don't know if I'm thinking of classic or new Who. I'm just sort of thinking of the vibe where there's no saving something or someone. He still wants to, and other people need to hold him back. I feel like there are... Mm. Maybe I'm getting tenant vibes of this. It's like, no, don't. There's nothing you can do. It's too late. And if this is truly his oldest friend, and he's being engulfed by flame, (laughs) regardless of how psychotic or psychopathic the master is, 
wouldn't the doctor just go like, all right, I'm going to rugby tackle him out of that shoebox and that will solve this problem. And potentially Perry would go, no, you can't do it. And she would hold him back or whatever. Or, or maybe she wouldn't. Yeah. Maybe he would try and fail. Yeah. I'm actually, I'm now thinking, does he turn away and then go back? Like, maybe that's why you interpreted it differently to, to me. Like, oh. it felt like he was walking away, but then he stops or something. I don't know. Like, maybe there is more to it. I, I mean, it's very hard not to interpret it as Doc was being yeah. a bit of a bastard and just letting... You're right, his oldest friend, mostly foe, but, you know, they yeah. have a complicated relationship. I don't, I don't know how much we see that in classic Who, but definitely in New Who, it's presented as a very complicated relationship. Certainly, yeah, you're right. Well, isn't there... Can I ask, the flames themselves, aren't they caused by Doc? Hasn't he done something to to change the flame into regular fire? That I wasn't sure about. Like, he MacGyver something so that when the chameleon master comes through, he can, like, zap. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah I, like, I don't free chameleon that's from about, the But signal. I do remember the scene. I, yeah, I didn't quite get what was going on there. But, yeah, some yeah. some gizmo went, <laughs> and then suddenly chameleon is free of the master's influence. But then that was before the master popped up. That's and right. I didn't didn't recall seeing Doc filling with stuff before, like, after that. And I don't remember there being dialogue about what Doc was doing to say he was going to change the flame. I don't know. Maybe there was. I don't know, man. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> there was a lot going on in this. I, I was struggling to keep up with notes again, as I quite often am. And no, fair enough. I'm ex- I mean, exactly the same situation. Oh, sorry. I'm talking over you again. <laughs> sorry. No, we're just agreeing with each other. It's fine. <laughs> okay. Do, do you want this... some spoilery trivia about oh, that scene as well? Oh, that's such a mean question because you know I love <laughs> trivia and you know I hate spoilers. Uh, okay, wait, hang on. Wait, 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 wait. I also happen to know something that you may not be aware of and that is that my memory is shit so yes tell me <laughs> and i will have forgotten it in time for it to ruin the effect go for it okay you've been warned so, podcast land well it's probably not that surprising that the master hasn't gone like well, i mean we've seen what previous- this isn't the last of the master <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I feel like you probably already knew that the master returns in the next <laughs> five years of Classic Who. Yeah. So, but this was apparently meant to be the send-off, at least for Ainley's master. Like, oh, maybe the master would have come back. But this is why it looks so final, apparently. Oh, interesting. Hmm. So let's say it it had been the final... In, I, I mean, I don't think it is the final Ainley master. It's not the final Ainley serial, surely. No, I, I'm pretty sure Ainley is now the only master we get in classic exactly right yeah exactly so um how would if it had been how would you feel about it how is this as one master send-off if you were to compare it to you know any other master send-off i'm trying to think what we've had in the past so we had the i don't um, know if you saw the delgado finale but i mean like skeletor master is skeletor so i didn't see delgado at all i think the first thing Mm. i saw was the skeletor master and I think he was introduced and killed off in the same serial, like Possibly, killed yeah, off you're in right. quotes. So maybe we had a similar yeah, exactly. thing. But I, but I couldn't help but feeling at the end of this serial that the master was really poorly done by this one. Like I would have been pissed yeah. off if this was Ainley's exit. To be fair, of course, right? Yeah. Like, the master is almost as important a character as the Doctor. Imagine if this were a Doctor farewell. The Doctor steps into a shoebox, is set ablaze, and doesn't know how to step out of the shoebox. <laughs> Farewell, I mean, Peter Davison. Yeah. <laughs> when you put it like what? that. <laughs> <laughs> 
but it's not just the the way that the master is in quotes killed and i'll stop doing in quotes i'm sure we all want to get that he's not dead anyway <laughs> like it's i feel like it's the treatment through the whole serial the revelation that he was mini was kind of cool and we can yeah. come back to that a bit oh but my goodness yes please <laughs> it was i mean it, mostly it was just this to and fro of like taking control of chameleon we saw more of obviously chameleon master being a bit threatening and stuff so like ainley as an actor was on screen doing more interesting master things but that wasn't actually the master the master was throughout the serial the puppet master behind the scenes and in a box pun, in te- yeah. pun intended yes like, exactly puppet and puppet master i suppose yeah with size but that's the, right the yeah. things that that master did were pretty terrible like we had scenes of him just kind of like going no chameleon you will be under my control i don't know whatever you know s- stupid stuff like that and it was pretty pathetic <laughs> yes <laughs> i agree i think this is going to feed into my comparatively low score for this serial oh i'm so glad that it's not ainley's last one though how do you feel about ainley master do you like ainley and i mean i, I, like I would the- count the fake chameleon ainley as Ainley, you know, yeah. that's still the master. He's still acting exactly like the master. The best bits of Ainley are really good, but there are some real cheese moments in Ainley's master, I feel. Let's hear him. Oh, give me some cheese. Well, I mean, it's it's mostly the things that I was just saying, like the kind of like, no, chameleon, you're coming under my control. <laughs> oh, and it just, yeah, it feels like <laughs> poor man laughter. being the merciless. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh, sorry, I just laughed over you. <laughs> <laughs> it was a very good laugh. Damn you, Zencaster! I hope it's... <laughs> I, hope it's um, I did it again! Fuck! <laughs> Go, sorry. I, I think I'm done, to be honest. I th- I, I'm imagining that will okay. be caught. <laughs> yeah. I think so. I, I think that's a conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Indubitably. Uh, <laughs> I have another can, can you explain it to me one. Because oh, there is please. a, uh, I a can almost tell you a priori no, but I'll try. <laughs> you will try, ah, and I okay. will hold you to it. Yeah. So there's this little subplot bit about the TARDIS part that the masters, no, the master chameleon steals. Is that right? I think no. so. Yeah. No, and no. Then, Perry uh, steals. Perry Perry's, steals it. Oh, you're, no. Sorry. Yeah. Exactly. Perry steals. Yeah. It. Perry steals it because she's really clever and capable, and goes, "Oh, I'm just going to grab right. something that looks important," and it is, which is good. But then she. Gets gives it to Turlo at some point and then I forget I I'd, I'd lost track of it but like the one that came from the docks TARDIS I feel like it was a ball in a cup game by some scam artist and it just disappears out of the plot and then Doc takes the one from the Master's TARDIS and then immediately after that the Master's TARDIS moves and I just I didn't understand <sighs> what this bit was meant to be controlling, why it was so important to Doc's TARDIS, but then the Master's TARDIS could quite happily do stuff without it. Oh my goodness, you are right. I think halfway through the serial, I forgot about this. Wait, hang on. Sorry, I don't want to seem super duper thick, but can we retrace these steps? So there is a piece of circuitry that you need in order to dematerialize. That's what it is, right? It's like the materialization or dematerialization circuitry. I can't remember exactly what it's called. If it's stable, was it a stabilizer? When oh maybe it's the, yeah maybe it's the, like the stabilizer yeah exactly maybe that's what it is so when we find out that it has been taken out of Doc's TARDIS it is like Doc is on this planet without this circuit my instant reaction was to think Doc is stuck on this planet like now the whole serial becomes all about regaining this piece of circuitry so that the rest of the show isn't set on Sarn. <laughs> 
So it's the temporal stabilizer, which would imply Aha! that you can still move around in space. In space. But then yeah. doesn't that change the plot, though? That if Doc has nicked it from the Master's TARDIS, doesn't that yeah. kind of neutralize the Master quite a lot and you wouldn't care so much? Like, doesn't that then feed yeah, into now the, why he doesn't, can't affect why doesn't history he anymore? Save him from the flames? Like, it should be like, well, I can let you go in your TARDIS because I've nicked the temporal stabilizer. Yeah. Like, yeah. I just, it bothers me as this kind of not very, you know, high profile subplot, which ends up being really important and is then affecting this really important plot of the Master of burning to death. I can only a million percent agree with you. Oh, Dagnabbit. Does this suggest that one of these TARDISes, in fact, the Master's TARDIS from the get-go was missing this circuit, like pre-serial, it was missing this circuit. It needed the Doc's one in order to travel through time itself. Mm, did it? Like, has he stolen the Doc's one in order to put it in his TARDIS? No, I, I think that was me mis- being mistaken earlier. I think it was purely Perry taking it earlier. Ah. There was, I don't think there was a mention. I don't know, maybe there was a mention of... Oh. Oh, man. Oh, uh, no Podcast land, can you fill us in on this? <laughs> yeah, my understanding was that it was it was a, a thing for Perry to do that was, you know, resourceful. And it stopped the Master Chameleon from stealing the TARDIS. I don't know why the Master okay. Chameleon was trying to steal the TARDIS. But yeah, yeah. that was prevented. Maybe maybe it was to when steal the, the TARDIS to get sees... the Master's TARDIS. Oh, I've... There was a little well, bit of when the, plot at the start. When the Master Chameleon sees the Doctor's TARDIS, his instant reaction is, Finally! I have control of the TARDIS! I didn't realize this. He goes in, he's like, bah, 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 bah. I can move this TARDIS, I can do whatever I want. Why? What's the point? If not to get that one circuitry. I don't know. Circuit. I oh, think shit bananas. Yeah, I no, think, I like, think we're going to have to rely on Podcast Land for this. Yeah, I'm not convinced all the all the dangling threads are tieable in this this serial. I feel like there are some loose ends. Loose, well, yeah. I was, yeah, that's what I was going with that metaphor. Sorry, I paused. I was like, damn it, I wish I'd made a Swiss cheese metaphor. I don't, I don't like this, this loose ends one. <laughs> Uh, you had me a dangling and loose. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> Simple man, please. <laughs> yeah, small pleasures. Okay, I've got. I only have two questions left. Actually, one of them isn't even entirely a question. It's just like a, hey, what's your opinion about this, man? And then I have a question which is very clearly underscored a prompt for you, sir, to Ooh. just have at it and go totes malotes not so. Okay. <laughs> Where would you like to start? If I'm going to go totes malotes nuts, though, maybe we save that till after. <laughs> okay, sure. Uh, okay, the other potential talking point is the approximation of Logar. So Logar is what the locals think is the sun god or the fire god, something like that. The doc at one point is having a conversation with, can't remember his name, and he's like, what does Logar look like? And he shows him the first thing that pops up in the TARDIS, which is, I think, a statue of Alexander the Great, maybe? Or maybe it's a statue of David? I don't know. It's just like a, here's a buff dude made out of marble. (laughs) (laughs) And then he he goes, nope, uh, he's a bit chubbier than that. He's like, oh, okay, chubbier than Alexander the Great. Okay, beep, presses one button, (laughs) and it shows a person wearing the exact same brand of fire-resistant suit as happens to be hanging in a control room inside the nearby volcano. Can you explain any of this to me, please? No, at all. I can't. <laughs> I, <laughs> okay, um... try, try. 
I, w- I mean, I would like okay. to think that there was more context so that like the TARDIS was like, oh, narrow it down to you know, visions associated with unidentified gods. I don't know. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, this random flame suit. It, it, we think it's associated to a god. We don't know which one. It's like, oh, it happens to be Logar. Great. We found it. <laughs> Done. That one Easy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no like, more unidentified it, gods. It somehow been... <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's been... Identified as potential deity material. (laughs) In fact, on that note, there are at least two characters in the serial who play God. We have the Master and we have Turlo. Uh, How do you feel about this? I mean, Turlo seems to take being a God pretty easily, or like take two being a God pretty easily. I mean, I don't think he was being a God. He was being the chosen one. So okay, all right, fine. Yeah, no, you're right. I feel like he was made for that role. To be fair, and he does it quite well like he's basically yeah. being nice okay arrogant asshole it's like i'm important <laughs> listen to me damn it <laughs> and the master i mean that's pretty much his shtick isn't it so yeah yeah, I, like, yeah. Look, I mean that is a fair point i like both of their reactions turlo i think d- does a great job of in a very responsible way going okay well these dudes they're so uninformed this is the only way I can get them to do stuff I'm just gonna have to say Logar demands it and then they'll do what I need them to do. The master I think is hilarious Lloyd (laughs) he loves being revered and when he thinks he can get away with it he just goes you gullible idiot (laughs) like basically fuck you (laughs) pops in the TARDIS and dematerializes. Love (laughs) it (laughs) yeah that bit was good I think actually (laughs) I would like to put more attention to Turlo's like portrayal in the role of Chosen One because I think he does a lot of things like he handles it quite well because he does fall back on the well Logar demands it which is the right thing to do in a couple of situations but he also turns to Elder Soothsayer guy and says like I need your, I can't remember what he says, but like your command of the people, like your, basically your, like your social skills, like lead your people, like you are the leader. Yeah, exactly. Um, people listen to you. Exactly. And I, yeah, I think that there was maybe another point I can't quite remember, but it felt like he was like being a good manager sort of thing. Like he was using the skills of the people around him or when he didn't have them and he had to lead, he did that as well. Yeah. Know? And yeah, it's just another kind of like big tick in, oh my God, Turlo could have been a good character throughout all of this this run and it's not only now just we get a glimmer of it at the end i know it's such a waste I want Turlo the way that he is at the end of this serial, and I want Tegan the way that she was shortly before the end of her last serial. I yeah. just want them as the companions for a chunk now. Because yeah, both of them, great. Good. Yeah, nabbit. What about Mustache then? So Mustache believes that he, I mean, he's the soothsayer slash uh, high priest, whatever. He, he's the one who channels the voice of, or not channels, but he interprets the will of Logar. Yeah. Towards the end, he's almost been, not almost, he's basically been disproven. Because the dude goes, yeah, well, I mean, it's not a god, it's just this silver suit. That's all it is, bro. And there's a spaceship, and we can leave and we can be safe. And he walks into a flame. Like, he walks into a fire room, willingly sacrifices himself. 
Or maybe yeah. he walks into like molten lava. It is horrible. Absolutely dreadful. I mean, fortunately, we don't see any of it. It's all off screen, but. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I again, didn't have a lot of time to process it, but I, I wasn't sure if someone was trying to make a point about like, because Soothsayer Guy recognizes the not Logar. <laughs> don't know anyone's names. He was just like native guide. <laughs> Um, Native anyway. guide? Wait, is this mustache? No, the the one who pretends to be Logar, who I think is the one oh, the that one, climbed oh, the I volcano see, yeah, yeah. in the first place. You know, the, the main heretic. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Nogar. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Soothsayer guy yeah. like refers to Nogar as a heretic in that scene. Like, it's very obvious it's kind of like the devout versus the non-believer. And the non-believer yeah. holds out his hand literally to like say, like, even though we don't share our beliefs, I disproved your god um i have morals i want to save you and it's the devout believer that turns around and say no i would die for my belief and in yeah. a pointless way goes and dies i feel like someone was making a point there but it's you know it's very short and hard to get a lot of meat from it is it a statement by doctor who shall we say to re-emphasize I say re-emphasize retroactively because in New Who we get this all the time. The folly of religion and the virtue of a more secular point of view. In this case, Nogar. I mean, if or is any it the other way around? It. Actually, it's quite admirable by this high priest guy to just go, no, I'm going to walk into lava because... You know, um, I have principles. I mean, I personally struggle to take it that way. Like, if there was some form of sacrifice to save other people, then maybe you could make that argument. But he's literally just... That's true. No, fuck you all. I believe my god is just, and he wants me to die in this volcano. <laughs> yeah, this Logar guy doesn't seem great, quite yeah. frankly. <laughs> if that's what he needs to, <laughs> to feed his ego, he needs some dude with a mustache to walk into lava. I was wrong before. I, this wasn't the last one. I have one more question for you beforehand. And it is simply, numismaton gas? Question <laughs> mark. I mean, this seems to be, by any other name, the fountain of youth or something. I don't <laughs> Yeah, potentially. Or what? Do you the think that there's a connection between that and... Ex yes, bingo. Exactly what I was about to say. Right. Do you think there's a similarity there? Because there also we had a... There was the eternal flame, quote-unquote... And there was just a chemical that created this effect. I mean, there's a definite similarity. I don't know if it's the, meant to be the same thing. Do, do you remember if they, they give that stuff a name? The previous I don't thing? think Is they... It... Oh, I don't think so. Really? That might be worth looking up. I don't think so. I mean, bear in mind, Turlow's brother gets lasered and they casually carry him into the numismaton gas flame. Yeah. And he gets unlasered. Like, he is unshot. But it doesn't mean that everyone else who carried him into the flame, including, you know, the mustache guy and whoever else, and Turlow, they, they don't suddenly regenerate. Like, they don't have a, a set of Gallifreyan regenerations. They, maybe one of them was like, oh, oh, got a new kidney. Oh, nice. Or, <laughs> you know, something to that effect. Oh, I, I'm no longer allergic to cats. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, they, well, they could have played that up. A couple of them limping as they were carrying him in, and it's like walking yeah, proud they're afterwards. Like, oh, they're like, oh, oh, my knee's great. Yeah, oh, yeah. this is fantastic. Look, I can squat and everything. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, maybe. I, I've quickly just loaded up um, stuff about the Sisterhood of Khan, and it's the sacred flame, and that yeah. furnishes them with the elixir of life. So I don't know. I don't know uh, if they actually they make something from the flame, or the flame gives them something. Um, I think the elixir of life was just like the water or the liquid dripping off the sides of the that cave shaft. Uh, uh, right, <laughs> shaft. Sure. But I think so. I wonder if I don't think that we've heard numismaton gas previously, but I wonder if later on there is a reference to sort of course correct to say, oh yeah, by the way, on the planet Khan, that's numismaton gas that the sisterhood was worshipping. You know, I mean, quite possibly. Like, I am just looking at Wikipedia, but like the flame is, according to the doctor, the product of gases rising from the molten core of the planet. Like, I mean, it's so similar. Kaching like, might be. Yeah, it, yeah, you're right. It would be weird Very for cool. them not actually to be the same thing. <laughs> Otherwise, there are two different gases in the universe that do the same thing in this respect. That's incredible. And also, and wait, it's, why it's don't you just Star. bottle this gas and it makes you immortal? Wait, what was that? Sorry? No, you, you, I'm sorry. I'm talking all over you. <laughs> go ahead. No, no, go for it. Go for it. I say, and the planet's called Sarn, and they're the, the sisterhood of Khan. Oh, my God. I mean... That didn't dawn on me. How did that... What is right there? Yes, you're so right. This is... Oh my god, there is not a single... I don't... Wait, are there any women on this planet? There is There is one. Well, um, aside from that one woman, yeah. <laughs> this is the Brotherhood of San. It's the Brotherhood of San. <laughs> that would have been so good in the intro. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> well, literally, I feel like we've only just made this connection. Like I, I didn't think of this earlier. You've only just made this connection. I did glazed over it like an asshole. <laughs> Yeah, I I feel like this is never made. I've quickly just searched for Sisterhood of Khan and San together, and I'm not getting anything. So what? either someone left it there as like a vague link, and it's kind of like, if you are an interested viewer, you might make a connection, um, and good for you, but we're not going to say there is one. Or it's just <laughs> irrelevant entirely, and they just like names that end with Arn. <laughs> Well, I think, therefore, that it is time for Jim Does Cliffhangers. Oh, I see. You just wanted uh-huh. to go into that old segment that we don't do regularly, but is kind of a thing. <laughs> that we haven't done in about 17 years. Yeah. Does this well, not merit it? It absolutely does. You might be right, actually. So what do we get? We get, at the end of episode one, Chameleon turning into the master. I am the master and you will obey me. Oh my goodness. Yeah. What did you think at that point? I loved it. Was it just me? Or did you also think that the master had been Chameleon all along? No. (laughs) That might just be you. It's just me. Okay, carry on. (laughs) I just thought, I can't remember what setup we had with Chameleon in the previous serial he was in, but I, I vaguely remembered there being... Being like the the master could take control over chameleon and you know we kind of, kind of felt like that might come round again and it yeah it was just that was happening yeah but yeah that's, okay. a, that's a nice uh cliffhanger doesn't need a stupid oh but they magic their way out out of it um in fact my next note into episode two is the willis woodwick so i actually have no idea what directly <laughs> happens after <laughs> 
circles. Oh, Perry and the master kicking and punching and pinching each other, I think. That's pretty terrible. Is that the, wait, is that the start of part two? If not the exact start, then the base, the, the current, current continuation it. of the end of episode one. Yeah. I think you're right. Yeah. My first note for part two is that someone hits master chameleon over the head. Presumably, presumably Perry, although I don't think we ever get to see her do it. But I mean, someone hits her, hits him over the head and he falls over. Yeah. That must be after all the kicking and punching. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit of a poor start to episode two, but doesn't diminish the uh, cliffhanger from episode one. The cliffhanger for episode two, what do we get? Oh, the Masters being the the godlike character and ordering them to be burnt alive. That's um, right. Yeah. Did you what? not know from the get-go that there was going to be a someone will get burnt cliffhanger? Uh, I didn't. No, I didn't really think. That, that could be really <laughs> i would like to quote myself in my notes for part one i've said well we're clearly getting a cliffhanger of doc being sent to be burned <laughs> very good like one of the last things in part one i can't remember what the context is but at some point they said oh yeah well i mean we burn people here constantly it's like, oh right <laughs> well i know what's happening <laughs> And we're not out of burning for days. Seems about you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this one was a bit weak, perhaps. Like, okay. yeah, I mean, it was kind of tense that everyone's getting sent off to be burnt. But then we get the resolution in the usual um, dramatic fashion where somehow no one is burnt yet. Like, Doc is left at the end of episode two to watch them all burning. Like, I think the master even, like, pulls him back and says, no, don't burn him yet. Like, burn all those yeah, first. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then the start of episode two, Doc gets bundled in with them to be burnt. And no one's been burnt yeah. at this point. Oh, episode three. Sorry, episode three, yeah. And then we still get multiple scenes of like people like I think it's Perry and Turlo like coming to the rescue like around the mountain and then blah, 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 someone suddenly someone comes in and breaks it up and at no point when they're continuously two steps from the flame does anyone get even singed <laughs> Abs- why would they of course not <laughs> <laughs> it's a safe flame <laughs> What happens to this cliffhanger? I mean, well, or what's the next cliffhanger? Maybe that's the yeah. Question. I mean, that was basically yeah. Like, uh, I guess the the actual resolution is that the chosen one comes and he he calls for a stop and then ends up getting shot. Um, but yeah, it, it's a bit of an underwhelming affair in general because like at no point did I feel like anyone's going to get burnt. It it was just like no, that's true. The push you ever so slightly along the plank on the pirate ship, but no one's really pushing you over. We're having a whole conversation about this. Like the sharks are just. Doc is like made looking, to walk the plank. Looking at their the, watches going, the are you going to drum anytime soon? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And instead of like anyone nudging his buttock with a dagger or something like that, or or him jumping, they just go, oh, by the way, we've got a really severe woodworm problem on this ship. <laughs> and that's meant to... <laughs> yeah. know, that's not very fun, I'm sorry. What is <laughs> the next cliffhanger? Made me because it's the yeah. greatest cliffhanger there ever was. The, oh, oh my God, yeah. <laughs> Well, we have some nice and not so nice things with Perry. So Perry gets to give the master the run around again. And uh, my note yeah. calls out the really bad music. I have a couple of notes of actually really bad music. Ooh. Oh, let's hear them. I never actually re- wrote a description, <laughs> but I just felt like they were almost like playing up the fact that a character is running around another character. <laughs> I don't know. It felt... <laughs> 
not quite Benny Hill, but almost, you know, that that kind of bad. Okay. Uh, uh, I think I can I think I can imagine that, yeah. Yeah. Then we have Perry thinking out loud, which I, it always bugs me when TV and film does this. It's like, why are you talking to yourself? Blah, blah, blah. But anyway, she is being good that she's recognized this is a control box. You don't have to be Albert Einstein to, work, to you know, uh, knock off a control box. You have to find the off switch. Takes the <laughs> lid off. Oh my goodness, it's like the master mini form living like a hamster in a Blue Peter homemade shoebox house. <laughs> what, what is this box? <laughs> I don't I know. love it so much. What is this box? <laughs> How does he get in and out of that box? Why is he in a box? <laughs> does he not need oxygen? Like, why is he in a box? I mean, I there didn't see like, air holes in yeah. it. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's so dumb. He's the box is in his TARDIS. Why isn't he just in his TARDIS? Was he miniaturized and then he had to build a small lab for himself inside a shoebox? Or was the entire lab miniaturized and he was like, hmm, I'm gonna have to build a lid? Or was uh, (laughs) (laughs) everything miniaturized and he was like, All right, you know what I need now? I need a gigantic TARDIS. I never considered that the whole room was miniaturized. I like that idea. And if my <laughs> laughter gets through in, in the edit the way that I felt it, you will understand how much I loved the idea that he made a lid for it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. It is bonkers that he is. In, like, yeah, you're right. Like he should Isn't just be this? like swinging his legs on a console or Matardis, just kind of like going and like poking yes. at stuff. <laughs> Or like he does later Why on. Why did he, he build a shoebox and not just a massive uh, amount of tiny ladders? That's what he should have done. <laughs> yeah. Ah. Uh. It, it was a lovely oh, it's so good. Like, reveal for a cliffhanger, though. I liked it. Yeah. Absolutely. But then, yeah, my next note in episode four is another one about the weird music. And I go so far as to say, I'm actually not sure about the music in this serial at all. I think that's maybe a bit harsh. There are definitely some moments there where it's like, what are you doing here? And then Perry just kind of like freaks out and knocks over the box. And that breaks the connection to the master chameleon. And yeah, then stuff continues. Oh, yeah. Because I guess like, there is equipment in that weird. box that is is controlling oh sorry what was that uh yeah i was just saying it's yeah it's a bit weird and slightly underwhelming from the mini master reveal I, yeah the, the yeah i agreed equipment controlling chameleon i would say it was more that like the master lost his concentration but i'm not sure oh yes that's true but in order to co- he can't just concentrate he needs to wear that you know um hair perm device he needs to plug yeah. his head into a thing and when when it gets knocked over i think he gets knocked out of that machine so i don't like he he can't focus his brain energy on chameleon anymore uh, which yeah, kind of begs the question like was that machine always there or did he have to fashion a teeny tiny machine and when when he is returned to normal size presumably in the next serial i mean the next serial that he appears in is he then just gonna go around like right well, what am I going to do with this tiny machine? Like, <laughs> I can't use this. My fingers are too fat. <laughs> There's nothing I can do about it. <laughs> I'm going to have to transfer my consciousness to a hamster and then put it inside. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes. Yeah. I See, I, I would... knew that asking you to do the cliffhangers was going to be good value. This was excellent. <laughs> I mean, yeah, uh, slightly spoiler territory again, but I feel like you can imagine they are not going to go to the great lengths to explain why the master survives this, and they're not going to nope. suddenly bring up a, a small miniaturized room. <laughs> it's just gone. Like, 
swept under the carpet. This is it. <laughs> I think you're probably right. Yeah. <laughs> and now it is time to rate this. Did we laugh or hate this? Bing bong, bing bong. Hey, la 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 la. Ratings. Shazamatron, and welcome to the Our Minis section of this podcast episode. Uh, Jim Cakes, uh, there was a delay, but which one of us lost the finger on tip of nose game? Uh, let's play it again. Oh, oh great. <laughs> okay, fine. So I lost that one as well. <laughs> okay, fine. I'm going to be super duper quick about this. As per usual, I've divided this into a few different sections. Here we go. Uh, Doc. Yep, he's in it. Uh, companions. <laughs> That's what I have to say about the dog. Companions, Turlo, he is amazing. The last couple of serials, we oh, we already kind of said this, but I've really enjoyed him. It's it's really too bad that once again, they get a companion right just as they send them on their merry way. Perry, oh, wow. She is entertaining. She's gung-ho and uh, shows some, some chutzpah, but for a chunk of this serial as well... I, I'm really sorry. I don't know that this kind of doesn't tally with what we've been saying, but I found her a little annoying. (laughs) And I remember this from the the audiobook, The Reaping as well. I found her her a little grating in that one. And I'm led to believe that she's quite beloved as companions go. So I think that it's fair to say we're going to, you know, she's going to get better. We're going to get a different take on her in a sense. But at the moment, yeah, I I don't really know how I feel about her. Good introductory episode, but not solid companion just yet. Yeah, it feels a little ham-fisted. Anyway, hmm. the master is back, then he's dead, then he's a robot, then he's a Lilliputian. I love the master. <laughs> what fun. Great. Good stuff. Aliens of the Week, however, they are super meh, as is the plot, as is the production value, as is much of the setting, as is the narrative drive. I don't think uh, this is a, you know what, I could take it or leave it kind of episode. I think I'm just going to plain leave it. Thank you. Not a huge fan. Source. The greatest assets uh, for me in this, uh, or the greatest assets, I should say, in this serial are Turlo and the master. The biggest flaw for me is that all of this serial's greatest assets are regrettably in this serial and not in a different one. My rating originally was, because you said you had, you were writing down a rating, so I also wrote down a rating. My original rating at the time was 1.5. Oh, oh my goodness. I know, I'm so sorry. And I have since bumped it up, thanks to you, thanks to you and your huge heart, but I've only bumped it up to a 1.9. Oh my goodness. Oh, this is so interesting. 1.9, do be Doobie doobie, is that a perfect score? It just might be. <laughs> wow. Right. Okay. Good. Yeah, I'm sorry. Good little mini. Thank you, Mr. Leon. <laughs> Uh-huh. I don't quite know how to do this. Okay, well, all I can do is obviously give you my thoughts and then we'll see where we end up. <laughs> Here we go. I, I'm just going to read some of my notes and then. Uh, embellish as i go starting with some negative stuff i think it is a bit of a poor master serial if this had been the exit of ainley i would have been a bit pissed off that's for sure like i already yeah. said master chameleon gets more on screen time than like the actual master the mini master reveal is obviously adorable but then <laughs> is a bit weird and i fully take on board your questioning of how he is in this box mr leon that was yeah Someone just thought it looked nice, I guess. <laughs> but why it has a lid. <laughs> yes. 
yeah. And yeah, most of the, the master, di- like the actual master, not the chameleon master uh, dialogue, I feel like is quite short and it's often cartoonish. Like, I don't think it's, yeah, brilliant in general. But then the flip side of that is we get really good stuff from Turlo and for Turlo. Like, it's by far the best Turlo serial, I think. And yeah, I think you're right. It does, it kind of doesn't live up to everything that we wanted in, a, in most respects, but it gets pretty close, like what we would have been looking for for you know learning more about his like alienness like he comes from a different planet and why he's come to earth you know we get some answers to all of that it is it is too late damn way too late but at least we get it and it is dealt with reasonably well and turlo the character gets to grow a bit the actor mark strickson i think you know does pretty good job like there are multiple multiple sides we see to turlo in this serial and i think all of them portrayed pretty well maybe there's the odd bit here and there which is uh slightly hammyish i'm not quite sure but yeah i think generally all around other than the it took a long time to get here not many negative things about turlo which is very surprising and i mean apart from the the weird double-sidedness that there is still to this character even in this serial that is portraying him in such a good way like maybe we just have to accept he is this like looking out for himself bastard because that's what we see at the start you know whatever growth there is that's who he is underneath which is fine that's the character they wanted hey ho but we do get another character like you say and we've discussed perry we get introduced and i do agree I couldn't quite put my finger on it. I didn't write down specifics. She felt annoying at the start. But she gets some real good stuff towards the end, or even in the middle. Like, she hits the adventure running, basically. Like, things are being thrown at her. She's coming up with solutions, rightly or wrongly. She, like, knows how to get Chameleon out of the master's influence and, you know, all this kind of stuff. It's things that you want to see in a companion. Maybe some of it is a little bit unbelievable, but... I kind of I kind of enjoyed it and I think that was this is the underlying thing I had through most of this serial I was enjoying it like it wasn't blowing me away like it was just it was mostly above average I think you know that's how I felt through most of it and I kind of got on board with stuff and I was I was really happy that Chameleon came back like it really annoyed me that Chameleon wasn't in the last I don't know half a dozen serials (laughs) that should have had the companion that's been just in the TARDIS this whole time having a long nap or something who knows Um, (laughs) yeah but at the same time as like the master i feel like chameleon got shortchanged as well like they could have done this earlier if they wanted to we could have had this all the time like i there was obviously some tragic circumstances around the operation of the chameleon robot but i feel like you know they could have maybe paused for a serial and then decided to honor the creation of this character by putting them in a serial and whether that was just chameleon morphs into someone else and a different actor plays chameleon excuse my cat um (laughs) through through most of it then why not do that it it really bugs me that yeah they just forgot or not even forgot just decided not to use chameleon because for reasons whatever I don't disagree with you for kind of wanting to rate this so lowly. But the thing is, it just felt like it wasn't that bad when I was watching it. I kind of was mostly enjoying stuff. And like I say, it just felt a bit above average. And that's the number I'd gone with, which I'm so surprised how different it is to yours because it's a (laughs) 3.3. I need to put this on the website. We need a graph that just shows our ratings. This is where we just suddenly we cross streams. <laughs> yeah. 
that's amazing. This is I, the serial I, where I, our average, like, it makes it so our averages are similar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's a super duper solid review, and you've almost. You know what? No, I'm not. I'm going to remove the almost. You have changed my mind about Perry to a certain degree. I'm going to subtract of my 1.9. I'm going to subtract 0.4 that otherwise would have been given to maybe plot and production value, and I'm going to give them to Perry instead because it is thanks to Perry that this gets a 1.9. <laughs> I mean, you'll notice in my mini, I didn't really talk about the plot at all and the the stand <laughs> yeah, people no and all this because it's just yeah. Also, yeah, also <laughs> huge minus point for lack of trouser leg. <laughs> <laughs> well, how about okay. we have a listen to podcast land? Yeah, definitely have to find out which side they've landed on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Listener minis. Now let's hear from podcast land. Max 250, or it would get out of hand. But being a podcast land, welcome to the listener mini section of this podcast episode. Holy smokeronies and cheesecake. We received not one, not two, not three, not four, yada, 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 but ten listener minis for this serial. We picked three of them at random. We're going to read them in their full splendor. And then of the remaining seven, we're going to do some snip, snippity, snip, 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 uh, ing, and uh, read uh, some select excerpts, which we just pause the recording to select. <laughs> Here we go. First out the gate. Who we got, Jim? Why, it's none other than Michael Ridgway. Ridgway. Hello, Michael. Hello there, Michael. Mm. Feels like it's been a while. Hmm. He goes straight in with some likes. Ooh. First Go one being it. a mini master in a tiny box. Did not see that coming. I hope the box has the basic uh, amenities. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it has a really tiny toilet. <laughs> <laughs> and a miniature microwave, an actual microwave oven. <laughs> Uh, next like, bravo to the locations person. Oh, okay. Yep. Final like, Turlo's departure. Hurrah! Uh, <laughs> the episode was a missed opportunity to have him fried in sacrifice to Logar. <laughs> that is so badass. Oh, well done. Very mean. <laughs> um, Michael also has some boofs. First boof. Turlo is actually an alien from planet Trion? They're making this shit up. Is this a massive retcon to try and give him some redeeming characteristics? If so, big time fail. I mean, yes, it is. Uh, but kind of liked it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and final. Boof. And the Razzie goes to Howard. Oh my goodness. Although he's a better fit for a robotic chameleon. I assume the chameleon prop was kaput. So the production team spray painted Howard's face silver. Yeah, the, it, yeah, yeah. not. <laughs> that guy is not winning any uh, gold statue. He's winning a silver statue. <laughs> Uh, in summary, it says uh, Michael Ridgway and uh, uh, with a rating combined plus points for creepy chameleon scenes and the master, but alas, minuses for a dull story and all scenes and references to Turlo equals 0.8 out of 5. Holy smokeroonies and cheesecakes, Michael. Yeah, Amazing. of that burn. <laughs> Awesome stuff, Michael. Thank you very much. Uh, people who are not Michael can follow Michael on Twitter and tell him how incredibly accurate his rating is. He can be found at bad underscore movie underscore club. Yeah, that's right. Thank you, Michael. Thank you so big. Unlike the master. Who's <laughs> next? <laughs> 
Why, it's another familiar name in the form of... Tracy from Tracy America. From America. <laughs> Hello, Tracy. <laughs> Hello there, Tracy. Tracy starts. Okay, I admit I spent the first few minutes of this serial narrating over what was being said, mostly about short pants, packages, <laughs> alien vibrators, and how long oh, communion yeah. has been attached to the TARDIS like that. I mean... <laughs> It's been serial since we saw him last. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I dig this one, continues Tracy. The story flows well. Perry is showing herself spirited and resourceful. Tolo departs, deciding to return to his home planet, and the political winds there have shifted. He passes the torch to Perry, instructing her to keep an eye on Doc, which is handy because Perry wants to travel. Well, in conclusion, Tracy gives us, it's very gratifying to see the master scrambling around on the floor like a rodent. Oh, snap, he's being burned up now, but he just got done being burned up in his previous regeneration. That's true, yeah. And the rating Tracy gives us (laughs) is the triple M, mystery, mythology, and the master. A very appropriate rating. (laughs) I feel like all I can say in response to that is, hmm. I <laughs> love it. Oh, thank you very much, Tracy. I feel like that was possibly the most analytical and least esoteric mini Tracy has ever sent us. <laughs> Quite possibly, yes. <laughs> I think so, yeah. Uh, Tracy, awesome stuff. Thank you very much. People who are not Tracy can say hello to Tracy online. Please high five Tracy and tell her hi from us. She can be found at... Yet that's Fountain Tracy and backwards. Almost. Almost. <laughs> Thank you very much, Tracy. Thank you, Tracy. Yeah, who's next? It's that six-fingered man, Tan Six Fingers. What up, Tan Six Fingers? A.K.A. Ben O'Neill. Greetings, Tans, who responds in kind with, Greetings, Leon and Jim. Greetings. <laughs> uh, I'll just jump straight in. Uh, Tans says, In Turlo's final story, we finally get to know a little bit more about him like his and his home planet's name that's right while i like this serial as an individual story i just like it as it fits into the continuity my likes and beefs have to be combined because my tracy score for this is ambivalence on a beach <laughs> absolutely <laughs> tremendous uh, i mean <laughs> i love the tracy score <laughs> <laughs> Little sub fandom that we have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. So the combined likes and boofs of her tan six fingers start off with we finally get to see Chameleon at his full potential as a character, and then he is killed. Indeed. We learn of Turlo's backstory, then he leaves the show. Anthony Ainley gives, in my opinion, his finest, most developed performance to date as the master, except for his death scene. Hmm. Nice to see Turlo and the doctor out of their normal clothes. Oh, behave, Tan Six Fingers. (laughs) (laughs) The, quote, American accents of the people in part one are cringeworthy. Yes, absolutely. Please uh, listen to uh, The Gathering, the audiobook as well. (laughs) You're going to love it. And final on this bullet point list is the planet San seems remarkably similar to the planet Khan, down to a similar mystical flame-derived cure. Hmm, imagine that. (laughs) (laughs) Quinky dink. (laughs) 
<laughs> Tan Six Fingers continues. Davison was on top of his game in this story by Peter Grimwade. Once again, Doctor Who implies there are only two places in America, New York and the Wild West. I believe it is a trope now. Quite possibly. Uh, <laughs> who knows? But Tans does conclude with, I really liked this serial and it was on location too. I'd give it 4.4 burning sacrifices to appease the volcano god Logar out of five. Holy moly. <laughs> so we've got wow. 0.8 and 4.4. <laughs> it's the full spectrum. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing stuff, Tan Six Fingers. Thank you very much. People who are not Tan Six Fingers, condolences. Fret not, you can high five Tan Six Fingers both on Twitter and on Insta. Check him out at Tan's Six Fingers. That's six the number. And Tan Six Fingers. Six the not number. <laughs> respectively <laughs> we call them words i think yeah <laughs> oh yeah those ones thank you very much anyway, tan six yeah. figures thank you Tans. <laughs> that's that's what we should be saying yeah who's right. next well next we are into just the little snippets area we're done that's with right. reading out in full and first of those will be steven from from canada. Canada. hello steven we meet again <laughs> steven <laughs> <laughs> My Stephen, we must have meeting like this. Um, <laughs> Stephen says, if you had told me going into this that there'd be a lot of skin in this story, I would not have thought it would be mostly from seeing Turlo in a Speedo. <laughs> but aren't you glad, though? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Stephen also says, this story has a very biblical feel. False prophets, desert nomads, fire and brimstone, bad guys with goatees. You know, real Old Testament shit. You'd think this wouldn't blend well with a galactic civil war and a comically tiny master but it somehow does interesting observations yes and yeah. Stephen concludes with overall this story earns 4.6 anthony ainley action figures out of five <laughs> holy amazing. moly we have holy a new giant moly. heart <laughs> yikes caramba Stephen, amazing people of podcast land go to whobackone.com read Stephen's minion it's full splendor and please high five Stephen on on Twitter at S Andriachen. Thank you, Steven. Thank you. Who's next? Why? Excellent question. Because next up we've got Kieran Evans. Hello, Kieran. Hello, Kieran. <laughs> I don't know. Why In this time of uh, increased weird. petrol prices, what can you do to maintain your van business? Oh, vans. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. We haven't made that joke yet, though. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. So, snip, snippity, snip, snip, snip. And Kieran says, This is, of course, Turlo's last story, and we have his backstory explained. Maybe a little overdone, but still fairly effective for the story in question. And we get Perry, played by Nicola Bryant, who isn't American, if you couldn't tell, but will be having to fake an accent for the rest of her time on the show. Nicola even had to do it in interviews used to keep up a JNT pretense that she was American. Oh my god, life before the internet where you could fake being a different nationality. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And also, really sorry, but not fooling anyone. Well, we will see as it goes on if it um, is any better or worse. But for now, Kieran, we have one more little thing from you, which is the healing flame
Flame on Sarn is quite similar to Eternal Flame on Khan. The similar names slash properties have led to some fan theories that they are linked. Yes. You would, you would suspect that, really. And Kieran says, in summary, fair good story in this season of Transition and gives this a rating of 3.7 out of 5. That's remarkably very, similar to your rating. Yeah, very close to perfect score there, I think. <laughs> Amazing. Well done, Kieran. Excellent mini. People of Podcast Land, you know the drill. Read Kieran's mini on the website in his full splendor and high five him online at KJ Evans. What, Jim? Two. That's right. For all your Evan needs. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you very much, Kieran. Thank you, Kieran. Who's next? (laughs) My neighbors must think I'm insane. Boy, it's that lovely mouth-watering <laughs> taste that is Ed Corbet. <laughs> it's Ed Corbet or Ed Corbett. It's one of those. That's right, it's Ed. <laughs> Hello, Ed. Hello, Ed. <laughs> Glad to have you back. Snip, snippity, snip, snip, snip. And Ed says, the pace of this story is hurt by the Doctor not meeting the dullards he's supposed to save until episode two. And they haven't even met the Master at that point, so his plan to exploit them is even weaker than usual. I'm the Messiah, and so is my chameleonic android. (laughs) Indeed. Uh, Continuing this point, Ed says, he turns up, threatens Perry a bit, and then goes out with a, you wouldn't do this to your own, before being interrupted by a cliche-hating flame. Don't worry, where he was going with this is never mentioned again, nor, in fact, how he survives. Great, great. Didn't need to find that out anyway. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah, it's, it's just to be expected. So, as you might expect from those little summaries of Ed's, he gives this not a particularly high score of 2.0 out of 5. That is, in my opinion, very close to a perfect score. <laughs> if you want to read the rest of Ed's review, please go to whobackwhen.com and you can find it all there in its magnificentness. Uh, spoilers, Davros and K9 make an appearance in this mini. Check it out. People who are not Ed, find Ed, convince him to join Twitter, then tell us where he is on Twitter. We'd like to know. <laughs> Thank you very much, Ed. Who's next? Caleb from Australia. Australia. <laughs> Hello, Caleb. What up, Caleb? Snip, snippity, snip, snip, snip. I'm surprised Ainley's master wasn't invited to the, to the 2019 Met Gala because he's serving the kind of camp drag queens salivate over. While his extravagance was enjoyable in past stories, his manner jars too much in this tale. And Caleb is continuing with this point. Davison's serious tone only worsens things for Ainley, but proves yeah. exemplary for the Doctor. His passive observation of the master being consumed by fire, eyes wide and aghast makes my hair stand on end. Oh! Uh, I, sorry, I'm going quiet, because I, I, I saw a drag show quite recently. I saw uh, Death Drop, a Dragatha Christie murder mystery, and Ainley's master would have been freaking incredible in it. Like, absolutely, <laughs> totes and malotes, amazing. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, so uh, solid observation, Caleb. Uh, Jumping straight to the end, Caleb says, an interesting story which mostly hits the mark, and he gives this four out of five. Oh! Solid, solid stuff. Thank you, Caleb. Thank you very much. Everyone else, go to the website, read it in its full splendor. Boop, boop, boop. Who's next? Well, you're always begging for a little bit extra from Derek Moore. Mm. 
Hmm, please, sir, can I have Derek Moore? (laughs) (laughs) We're just going to read out the last bit of Derek's review, starting with best part was definitely Perry about to stomp Tiny Master's ass. For all the -the over-the-top shenanigans of trying to rewrite the Magna Carta and attempting to destroy the universe by using some kind of UHF antenna, I still cannot understand 95% of Logopolis. It was turnabout as fair play with an over-the-top Tiny Master chase scene. Yeah, that and between the Doctor enjoying giving Chameleon a very painful death, I give this, says Derek, four out of five screaming robots. Well done. No, well done you, Derek. That is a solid half of a mini. For the other equally solid half of this mini, Podcast Land, head on over to whoback1.com and read it in its full splendor. Holy smokes, two fours out of five in a row. Nice one, Derek. Excellent stuff. Mm -hmm. Good stuff. Thank you, Derek. Thank you very much. Who's next? Why, it's Mr. Andy Parkinson. What up, Andy? Either I don't Andy. know if Andy likes that accent at all. Like, he, he, Andy, if you're offended by it, I'm so sorry. Just say it. Just <laughs> let me know. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't even know what accent that is. <laughs> Anywho, Andy, Andy has been a spiffing chap. <laughs> and has provided us with some text and then some likes and then some beefs and then some text and then a rating and we're going to read a couple of likes a couple of beefs and then a rating (laughs) (laughs) um here we go uh a sample like tolo gets to go full-on hasselhoff rescuing perry love that comparison uh another like is peter weingard is that how we're gonna say that or wingard or weingard i don't know Peter Wingard chews the scenery wonderfully, playing his role just right. Yeah, uh, Podcast Land, if you don't know who Peter Wingard is or Weingard, we had to look him up before we press record on this, thanks to this mini. He played Clytus in Flash Gordon. He's the, like, Skeletor of Flash Gordon. Very cool. Um, last like that we're going to read, Mini Master, a teeny tiny time lord, a bit of a callback to Carnival of Monsters. Yes, yes, that's very true. Very cool. And an awesome serial, actually, Carnival of Monsters. Good fun, as I recall. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now we're into the boofs. First, <laughs> the accents. The accents. Why do an American accent if you can't do an American accent? I know exactly how you feel, Andy. <laughs> 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 Uh, and last boof that we're going to read. The San dudes seem remarkably unimpressed when entering the TARDIS. Where's the bigger on the inside line? Yes, agreed. Especially from the chap who is the, who gets to wear the silver outfit, the Logar outfit. Yeah, the, the least like, heretic. Yeah, oh, yeah, it's a spaceship. Oh, cool. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. I don't know if you know, but yeah, we got I shorts. Should, I should have picked up on this because this really bugs me, actually. I hate it when people are just in the TARDIS, like it's a room or something. It's like, no. Yeah. Give, give it some respect. <laughs> Both the scriptwriter and weren't... the characters. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, even if they enter the TARDIS and without saying it, they go, "Oh, I thought this was tiny. Oh, I guess I was mistaken. It's actually a really big room. Oh, I'm an idiot." You know, like they don't think that there's something amazing about it. They would still look at the console and go, "Huh? What?" <laughs> and we don't get that. That's that's a yeah. massive no-no. Anyway, I... jumping to the end, and a bargain son gives this what? Jim Cakes three point one turn. Hello, stripy budgie smugglers out of five. <laughs> Excellent stuff, Andy. Fantastic stuff. 
Uh, people who are not Andy, please do head on over to whobackwonder.com, read Andy's mini in this full splendor. In fact, Andy, head on over to whobackwonder.com, read your own mini in its full splendor because it's amazing. Uh, and anyone who isn't Andy, say hi to Andy on Twitter. He can be found at Caffrey's What Jim Cakes? 71. That's right. Thank Who's you. Who's last? <laughs> Thank you very much, Andy. Why, it's none other than GP Haynes. GP! <laughs> I say G, you say P, G, P, G, P. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, you held it together for a lot longer this time. This is the last <laughs> mini, and now you're breaking. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> right, what does GP say before I crumble entirely? Uh, we've got some little snippets in the middle of GP's review, and the first one is lots of funny stuff watching this, with the natives of the titular planet of fire somehow reminding me of a Monty Python movie. Here's my friend that agrees with me! Woo, woo, woo. Um, and, and even looks like a young Michael Palin. Oh, Didn't nice. spot that I myself, that. but I do not doubt it's correct. <laughs> <laughs> From Python 2 Trek, the serial had some interesting ideas, but I can't help feeling the introduction of Perry, just like Seven in Star Trek Voyager, was done solely to generate interest in the show amongst the male viewers. Yeah, it's possible. GP continues this thought, actually, saying, unlike Jerry Ryan, though, Nicola Bryant is not as strong an actress. Although I must confess, as a young teenage boy first viewing this, I found Perry quite, shall I say, engaging. Well, as a segue to bullet point number two that we read out, I would say in that case, from BBC's point of view, mission accomplished. (laughs) It seemed like it worked uh, in terms of getting your uh, attention. GP gives this a rating of 3.4 Tiny Masters. Solid rating. Solid rating. Good. Uh, Thank you very much, GP. Thank you, GP. Um, Yeah, and thank you, everyone. Indeed. Thank you, everyone. Great stuff. Got a real spread of ratings, some interesting points. Yeah, I feel like your rating is more (laughs) represented (laughs) than mine. (laughs) Maybe slightly. (laughs) Yeah, I concede. Y'all are probably totally right. (laughs) I'm just having a bad day. I mean, let's be clear, neither of us is going to be rushing to rewatch this. It's not that's brilliant. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But this is not all of Doctor Who there is. There is plenty more to go. Actually, there's not that much left to go in terms of Classic Who. We're getting close to the end. Next up, we have the very last of Peter Davison in the Classic Channel, namely... The Caves of Androzani. Oh, is that where you summer? Do you summer in the Caves of Androzani? Uh, yeah, some, uh, some, some house there that you knew in the Caves of Androzani. <laughs> Anyway, (laughs) Um, (laughs) before we jump into the Caves of Androzani, though, we're going to have a look at a new Who episode, namely of Rosa. Very exciting stuff. Super excited Mm. about Rosa, actually. I remember that being very, very good. At some point, we're going to do an audio Who review as well, namely of... The Gathering, apparently. Correctamundo. And uh, the next bonus episode, I would say undoubtedly, is going to be our fifth Doctor retrospective, because, as we just said, there's one more episode episode of Peter Davison's doc left to go after which we will fondly look back on his tenure. In the meantime, you can say hello to us on uh, the old uh, tweets. Jim Cakes, where can you be found? Why well, I can be found at Jimmy the Who. Jimmy the Who, you say? Why, that's quite correct. Your hearing is uh, in top form. <laughs> and I can be found at uh, Ponken, P-O-N-K-E-N. No one knows what it means. It doesn't mean anything. It's a made-up word and everything's great. But is it? High-five me online. I will high-five you right back. Very long Twitter handle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
turns out they don't cut you off. Like you can just go oh. on. <laughs> That's great. Peeps, you've been an absolutely lovely adorbs audience. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, catch you in the next one. In the meantime, please stay safe. Uh, stay wonderful. Stay, uh, you know what? Be right next into each other. Rock on and cha-chao. See ya. Kablamo! Did you enjoy the show? Then please do what the cosmos compels you to and spread the gospel of who back when. Tell your friends! But I've got no friends! No problemo, tell some strangers! Hey! Like us on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash who back when. All in one word. Are you into Twitter? Awesome. High five us online and we'll high five you right back. You guessed it. We're at who back when. All in one word. Check us out on Instagram for behind the scenes photos and other Whovian goodness. Watch our videos or even listen to our podcast on YouTube. That's who back slash YouTube. Vote us up on Reddit. Listen to us on Stitcher and head on over to our website who back where you can submit a review of your own. Browse the article archives and peruse our visual index of aliens, monsters, and more, which increases in Kablamos with every episode. And lastly, give us a rating and review on iTunes. It helps our show get noticed and earns you lots of karma points. That's it. Rock on and be rad and excellent to each other. Catch your earballs in our next Who review or bonus episode. Until then, cha ciao. Who back when?